Section 3 of Volsunga Saga. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Volsunga Saga by Anonymous. Translated by Edgar Magnusson and William Morris. Section 3. Chapter 9. Now the tale tells that Helgi in his warring met a king hight Hunding, a mighty king and lord of many men and many lands. They fell to battle together, and Helgi went forth mightily, and such was the end of that fight that Helgi had the victory. But King Hunding fell, and many of his men with him. But Helgi is deemed to have grown greatly in fame because he had slain so mighty a king. Then the sons of Hunding draw together a great army to avenge their father. Hard was the fight betwixt them, but Helgi goes through the folk of those brothers under their banner, and there slays these sons of Hunding, Alf and Eilf, Herwarth and Hogbarth, and wins there a great victory. Now as Helgi fared from the fight, he met a many women, right fair and worthy to look on, who rode in exceeding noble array. But one far excelled them all. Then Helgi asked them the name of that their lady and queen. And she named herself Sigrun, and said she was daughter of King Hogni. Then said Helgi, Fare home with us, good welcome shall ye have. Then said the king's daughter, Other work lies before us than to drink with thee. Yea, and what work, king's daughter? said Helgi. She answers, King Hugni has promised me to Hodbrod, the son of King Granmar, but I have vowed a vow that I will have him to my husband no more than if he were a crow's son, and not a king's. And yet will the thing come to pass, but and if thou standest in the way thereof, and goest against him with an army, and takest me away withal, for verily with no king would I rather bide on bolster than with thee. Be of good cheer, king's daughter, says he, for certes he and I shall try the matter, or ever thou be given to him. Yea, we shall behold which may prevail against the other, and hereto I pledge my life. Thereafter Helgi sent men with money in their hands to summon his folk to him, and all his power is called together to Redburg. And there Helgi abode till such time as a great company came to him from Hadensee. And therewithal came mighty power from Nervi Sound, aboard great and fair ships. Then King Helgi called to him the captain of his ships, who was hight Leif, and asked him if he had told over the tale of his army. A thing not easy to tell, lord, says he. On the ships that came out of Nervi Sound are twelve thousand men, and otherwhere are half as many again. Then bade King Helgi turn into the firth called Varensfirth, and they did so. But now there fell on them so fierce a storm and so huge a sea that the beat of the waves on board and bow was to hearken to like as the clashing together of high hills broken. But Helgi bade men fear naught, nor take in any sail, but rather hoist every rag higher than heretofore. But little did they miss of foundering, or ever they made land. Then came Sigrun, daughter of King Hogni, down on to the beach with a great army, and turned them away thence to a good haven called Gnipalund. But the landsmen see what has befallen, and come down to the seashore. The brother of King Hodbrod, lord of a land called Swarin's Cairn, called out to them, 
and asked them who was captain over that mighty army. Then up stands Sinfiotli, with a helm on his head bright shining as glass, and a burnie as white as snow, a spear in his hand, and thereon a banner of renown, and a gold-rimmed shield hanging before him. And well he knew what words to speak to kings. Go thou and say, when thou hast made an end of feeding thy swine and thy dogs, and when thou beholdest thy wife again, that here are come the Volzungs, and in this company may King Helgi be found, if Hodbrod be fain of finding him. For his game and his joy it is to fight and win fame, while thou art kissing the handmaids by the fireside. Then answered Granmar, In no wise knowest thou how to speak seemly things, and to tell of matters remembered from of old, whereas thou layest lies on chiefs and lords. Most like it is that thou must have long been nourished with wolf-meat abroad in the wild woods, and hast slain thy brethren, and a marvel it is to behold that thou darest join thyself to the company of good men and true, thou who hast sucked the blood of many a cold corpse. Sinfiotli answered, Dim belike is grown thy memory now of how thou wert a witch-wife on Verenze, and wouldst fain have a man to thee, and chose me to that same office of all the world, and how thereafter thou wert a Valkyria in Asgarth, and it well nigh came to this, that for thy sweet sake should all men fight, and nine wolf-whelps I begat on thy body in lowness, and was the father to them all. Grandmar answers, Great skill in lying hast thou, yet belike the father of naught at all mayest thou be, since thou wert gelded by the giant's daughters of Thrasnes. And lo, thou art the stepson of King Sigar, and were wont to lie abroad in wilds and woods with the kin of wolves, and unlucky was the hand wherewith thou slewest thy brethren, making for thyself an exceeding evil name. Said Sinfjotli, Mindest thou not then when thou wert Stallion Grani's mare, and how I rode thee in amble on Bravel, and that afterwards thou wert giant Gulner's goat-herd? Granmar says, Rather would I feed fowls with the flesh of thee than wrangle any longer with thee. Then spake King Helgi, Better were it for ye, and a more manly deed, to fight rather than to speak such things as it is a shame even to hearken to. Granmar's sons are no friends of me and of mine, yet are they hardy men none the less. So Granmar rode away to meet King Hodbrod at a place called Sunfells. And the horses of the twain were named Sveputher and Svegjother. The brothers met in the castle porch, and Granmar told Hodbrod of the war news. King Hodbrod was clad in a burnie, and had his helm on his head. He asked, What manner are nigh? Why look ye so wrathful? Granmar says, Here are come the Volsungs, and twelve thousand men of them are afloat off the coast, and seven thousand are at the island called Suck. But at the stead called Grindr is the greatest company of all, and now I deem with all that Helgi and his fellowship have good will to give battle. Then said the king, let us send a message through all our realm, and go against them. Neither let any who is fain of fight sit idle at home. Let us send word to the sons of Hring, and to King Hugni, and to Alf the Old, for they are mighty warriors. So the hosts met at Wolfstone, 
and fierce fight befell there. Helgi rushed forth to the host of his foes, and many a man fell there. At last folk saw a great company of shield-maidens like burning flames to look on, and there was come Sigrun, the king's daughter. Then King Helgi fell on King Hodbrod, and smote him, and slew him, even under his very banner. And Sigrun cried out, Have thou thanks for thy so manly deed. Now shall we share the land between us, and a day of great good hap this is to me, and for this deed shalt thou get honor and renown, in that thou hast fell to earth so mighty a king. So Helgi took to him that realm, and dwelt there long, when he had wedded Sigrun, and became a king of great honor and renown, though he has not more to do with this story. Chapter 10 now the Volsungs fare back home, and have gained great renown by these deeds. But Sinfjotli betook himself to warfare anew. And therewith he had sight of an exceeding fair woman, and yearned above all things for her. But that same woman was wooed also of the brother of Borghild, the king's wife. And this matter they fought out betwixt them, and Sinfjotli slew that king. And thereafter he harried far and wide, and had many a battle, and ever gained the day, and he became hereby honored and renowned above all men. But, in autumn-tide, he came home with many ships and abundant wealth. Then he told his tidings to the king, his father, and he again to the queen, and she for her part bids him get him gone from the realm, and made as if she would in no wise see him. But Sigmund said he would not drive him away and offered her atonement of gold and great wealth for her brother's life. Albeit, he said, he had never erst given Weirgild to any for the slaying of a man, but no fame it was to uphold wrong against a woman. So, seeing she might not get her own way herein, she said, Have thy will in this matter, O my lord, for it is seemly so to be. And now she holds the funeral feast for her brother by the aid and counsel of the king, and makes ready all things therefore in the best of wise, and bade thither many great men. At that feast Borghild, the queen, bare the drink to folk, and she came over against Sinfjotli with a great horn, and said, Fall to now and drink, fair stepson. Then he took the horn to him, and looked therein, and said, Nay, for the drink is charmed drink. Then said Sigmund, Give it unto me then and therewith he took the horn and drank it off. But the queen said to Sinfjotli, Why must other men needs drink thine ale for thee? And she came again the second time with the horn, and said, Come now and drink, and goaded him with many words. And he took the horn and said, Guile is in the drink. And thereon Sigmund cried out, Give it then unto me. Again the third time she came to him, and bade him drink off his drink, if he had the heart of a Volsung. Then he laid hand on the horn, but said, Venom is therein. Nay, let the lips strain it out then, O son, quoth Sigmund. And by then was he exceeding drunk with drink, and therefore spake he in that wise. So Sinfjotli drank, and straightway fell down dead to the ground. Sigmund rose up and sorrowed nigh to death over him. Then he took the corpse in his arms, and fared away to the wood, 
and went till he came to a certain firth. And there he saw a man in a little boat, and that man asked if he would be wafted by him over the firth, and he said yea thereto. But so little was the boat that they might not all go in it at once. So the corpse was first laid therein, while Sigmund went by the firth side. But therewith the boat and the man therein vanished away from before Sigmund's eyes. So thereafter Sigmund turned back home and drave away the queen, and a little after she died. But Sigmund the king yet ruled his realm, and is deemed ever the greatest champion and king of the old law. Chapter 11 There was a king called Elami, mighty and of great fame, and his daughter was called Hyordis, the fairest and wisest of womankind. And Sigmund hears it told of her that she was meet to be his wife, yea, if none else were. So he goes to the house of King Elami, who would make a great feast for him, if so be he comes not thither in the guise of a foe. So messages were sent from one to the other that this present journey was a peaceful one, and not for war. So the feast was held in the best of wise and with many a man thereat. Fairs were in every place established for King Sigmund, and all things were done to the aid and comfort of his journey. So he came to the feast, and both kings hold their state in one hall. Thither also was come King Lingvi, son of King Hunding, and he also is a wooing, the daughter of King Elami. Now the king deemed he knew that the twain had come thither but for one errand, and thought withal that war and trouble might be looked for from the hands of him who brought not his end about. So he spake to his daughter, and said, Thou art a wise woman, and I have spoken it that thou alone shalt choose a husband for thyself. Choose, therefore, between these two kings, and my reed shall be even as thine. A hard and troublous matter, says she, yet will I choose him who is of greatest fame, King Sigmund to wit, albeit he is well stricken in years. So to him was she betrothed, and King Lengvi gat him gone. Then was Sigmund wedded to Hjordis, and now each day was the feast better and more glorious than on the day before it. But thereafter Sigmund went back home to Hunland, and King Elami, his father-in-law, with him, and King Sigmund betakes himself to the due ruling of his realm. But King Lengvi and his brethren gather an army together to fall on Sigmund, for, as in all matters they were wont to have the worser lot, so did this bite the sorest of all, and they would fain prevail over the might and pride of the Volsungs. So they came to Hunland, and sent King Sigmund word how that they would not steal upon him, and that they deemed he would scarce slink away from them. So Sigmund said he would come and meet them in battle, and drew his power together. But Hjordis was born into the wood with a certain bondmaid, and mighty wealth went with them, and there she abode the while they fought. Now the Vikings rushed from their ships in numbers not to be borne up against. But Sigmund the king and Elami set up their banners, and the horns blew up to battle. But King Sigmund let blow the horn his father erst had had, and cheered on his men to the fight, but his army was far the fewest. Now was that battle fierce and fell, and though Sigmund were old, yet most heartily he fought, and was ever the foremost of his men. No shield or burney might hold against him, and he went ever through the ranks of his foemen on that day, and no man might see how things would fare between them. 
Many an arrow and many a spear was aloft in air that day. And so his spay-rites wrought for him that he got no wound, and none can tell over the tale of those who fell before him, and both his arms were red with blood, even to the shoulders. But now, when as the battle had dured a while, there came a man into the fight clad in a blue cloak, and with a slouched hat on his head. One-eyed he was, and bare a bill in his hand. And he came against Sigmund the king, and have up his bill against him. And as Sigmund smote fiercely with the sword, it fell upon the bill, and burst asunder in the midst. Thenceforth the slaughter and dismay turned to his side, for the good hap of King Sigmund had departed from him, and his men fell fast about him. Naught did the king spare himself, but rather cheered on his men, but even as the saw says, Engima with Margnum, no might gainst many. So was it now proven. And in this fight fell Sigmund the king, and King Elami his father-in-law, in the forefront of their battle, and therewith the more part of their folk. End of section 3